Morning. Morning. Oh, it's good to see. Is, is God not great? I mean, getting to worship this morning and recognizing in the midst of whatever we're going through, A, nothing can come against us if God is for us. B, God is so good, so good that we have breath in our lungs right now that we can live as fallen as the world is. Life is amazing and important. Welcome to Acts Church. Uh, Acts Church, if you don't know, is all these people you see here. It's not this building we're standing in. Uh, it's the people here in the room and online. Hi, online people. Um, it's a body of people who follow Jesus Christ and represents a local expression of the body of Christ. And we are connected to thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who are Christ followers for over 2,000 years to this very day today who have loved Jesus and who represent in total a family that is loyal to one, to one another with God as our Father. And you, if you are a Christ follower, a part of that family. If you are not a Christ follower, we want you to be a part of that family. We love you. We don't care what you look like. We don't care what you've done. We don't, you know, for those of you who are like, yeah, I, you know, I came in today and lightning hasn't struck me yet. Uh, it's not going to. God is gracious. We're here to tell you about that. We're here to tell you about what Jesus has done for us, who God is, and what it means to follow him. So we need to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We need to be all of those things as we sort of shine the light of the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. He's the author and the finisher of our faith, and we want people to know about that. And we've seen more and more people, every week it seems like more and more people are being drawn to what the Lord is doing through you all here at this church, what he's doing in our hearts. I'm seeing families healing. We're seeing people come to know Jesus. We're seeing people to get baptized. Uh, this is an amazing time to be a believer while the world is falling apart and those of us who are on the rock aren't moved. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? We hope you get to know us. Uh, if you're online, if you're here for the first time, um, get to know some of us. Uh, we hope and pray that you find comfort among these people here and the love of God that they're going to show you. So I thank you, church, for being the way you are, for being welcoming, for making people feel at home. Uh, and I ask that if you are new or you're just checking us out, I know some of you go online and you just kind of want to do it that way, um, hey, come on down. Uh, this, is a, this is a place where you're going to be welcome and where you're going to feel valued. Uh, okay, um, let's get into the Word of God. If you don't have a Bible with you, um, or you don't have it on your phone or whatever, it will be on the screen, but there are also Bibles in the seats in front of you. If you don't have a Bible at home, that's yours. Take it home with you. Please take it home with you. It's our gift. You don't owe us anything. I mean, if you wanted to put some cash, you know, slip me something on the way out, that's fine. Whether you take a Bible or not, okay, that's a thing. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, how, t take one of those if you want. Um, that's, that's for you. Start 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 16, and uh, let's just get into the word here. Actually, you know what? I lied. Let's pray for Honduras and for our Wednesday night thing since we've just talked about it. And Lord, I just lift up Honduras, Lord, and if it's your will that we have a trip this year, and it's, and it's difficult. There's a lot of moving parts, and plane tickets are expensive, and, and all that kind of stuff. But Lord, if you want us to minister to those people in person, I pray that you'd make that work, and that you'd make it a glorious thing, and that you'd give people an opportunity to see things that they've never seen for your kingdom. Lord, I also pray for this Wednesday night. I think this would be an opportunity to see us grow as people 
and in relationships and even in numbers of this church as we continue to get stronger and stronger in bringing the gospel to this community, Lord. You have set us aside as your church to bring truth to the world, to tell them about you, and we pray that you'd make us mighty for that through the power of your Holy Spirit. Be with us as we study your word today in your name. Amen. Okay, now, 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 16. It says this, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. This is the Holy Spirit. Okay, That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So I'm going to start there for a second. As a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. Not sure if you know that. As a follower of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. He's in you. He's teaching you. He's empowering you to do the work that God has prepared for you beforehand that you would do, that you would walk in his ways and you would be part of the kingdom. Okay, so that's, that's our gift. We have the Holy Spirit. This is really important for a number of reasons, but keep that in mind. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. We do not operate as people, as believers, in the wisdom of man, okay? This is, this is fundamental, fundamental, Christian, to understand about who you are and the way that you operate. We don't operate in the wisdom of man. The Holy Spirit has taught us things, the important things. If you're wondering what man's wisdom looks like, it's really easy to see, okay? Uh, watch the news, uh, watch, it, watch TV or movies, look around. What you're going to see all over the place is man's wisdom, just all over the place. It's not working out well. It's not working out well. Man's wisdom is not wisdom. Man's wisdom is often foolishness. We don't operate in man's wisdom. We are not supposed to be operating in man's wisdom. We don't have to operate in man's wisdom. It says this, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them. He cannot know them because they're spiritually discerned. This is a dividing line that you have to understand. If you're an unbeliever, this applies to you. You simply cannot know the things that are spiritually discerned. You simply cannot know the things that only the Spirit of God teaches and reveals and helps to understand. The natural man, the unsaved man or woman, the person without the Holy Spirit, the person who's not a Christ follower, person doesn't call Jesus Christ Lord of their life, person understands nothing, nothing of the things that are actually important about who God is, about who we are, about what our purpose is, what true abiding peace and joy are. You don't understand anything that matters if you're not in Christ don't have the Holy Spirit. These are things that are spiritually discerned. And why is that so important? Because if you don't understand those things, the most important things, if you don't understand the basics, you can't understand the specifics. If you, don't, if you start with there's no God, or I don't know if there's a God, you can't get to the right answer. Can't be done. Last verse here in this section. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. 
Now that, yeah, that is something. Yeah, you can clap for that. We have the mind of Christ. Now you should be really happy about that. That is a gift that you only have because you have the Holy Spirit, because God sent the Holy Spirit. Because, the, because Christ sent the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. That we might have the mind of Christ, because the spirit of the man knows the man, and the spirit of God knows God. Now, we have the Spirit of God to know God. Without the Spirit of God, you cannot know God. And even yourself, you cannot know because you're spiritually dead. You can't do anything correctly if you start the process with the wrong information. Okay, if I want to do a math problem, well, I have some math teachers, a good math teacher, bless her heart. Kids don't like math. I don't know if you know that. They don't like it. They don't like it. She's got to just make them do it. But they really like her, so it works out. If I start, and, and, she, and there's a math problem, the answer is 27, okay? And I've got to put the two things together, you know, 13 and 14. But let's say that it's instead of 13 and 14, it's 13 and 13. I'm not going to get to 27 because I started with the wrong information. I was wrong about where I started. I'm going to get to the wrong answer at the end, although I may just say 27 because I'm doing math well. Um, if I try to build a car, I don't start with the instructions for a ceiling fan. Okay? You've got to be at the right place when you start if you want to get to the right place when you finish. This is true of everything. If I try to do science without understanding who God is, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get it right. I, I might figure some things out, but I'm not going to get it right because if I understand who God is, then I understand that he made the world with order. By the way, I don't know if you know this, but you can't do science unless the world was made with order. Okay? The whole process is based on the fact that things can be repeatable and done over and over again to get the same result. That is not possible in a crazy world. That's only possible in a world that was made by God. Okay? So if I don't understand that, then I'm missing the thing that is at the base of the knowledge I'm trying to get to. All right? So, this is a problem. I think like psychology. If I try to do psychology and I start by assuming that human mind is nothing more than a physical brain, that's all it is, I'm going to get the wrong answers, and many have. And it's done a lot of damage to a lot of people, to a lot of people. We can't know anything important without understanding the spiritual. You try to do history, but you don't understand the scriptures, you're going to come to the wrong conclusions. We see that a lot. If you're wondering why the governments of this world are falling apart, failing to follow truth and justice and holiness, it's because they can't. It's because they can't. We cannot know the spiritual without the spirit of God. We cannot have the spirit of God unless we follow Jesus Christ. If the people who are in the governments and in the media and in the schools and in the universities and in the this and in the that, if they're not... Christ followers, they don't have the Spirit of God. If they don't have the Spirit of God, it's not that they just want to get it wrong. They can't get it right. It says it's foolishness to them, and they cannot know, cannot know, because their spirit is not alive. This helps you to understand an awful lot of things about why the world doesn't work the way it should and why they just can't seem to get it right. And how many years has it been since we should be able to figure this out? This was the problem with modernism. We're going to be so smart, and we're going to figure it all out, and we're going to have utopia. And then war, 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 right? Problem, 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 problem. Why can't we figure it out? Because you can't. You can't. Not without the Spirit of God. 
You cannot do it. People who are in the world and who are often leading the world do not understand what's truly important. They don't understand the basics. Therefore, they get the specifics wrong. Here's the part that's coming to a head. Many of the people that we are entrusting our children to, seven hours a day, 180 days per year, don't have the Holy Spirit. And certainly, generally speaking, the people driving the schooling systems of the world do not understand anything spiritual. And that means they don't understand even who our children are. They don't understand who they are themselves. Most importantly, they don't understand who God is. So they're indoctrinating our children into broken systems that start from false assumptions believed by people who the scripture tells us directly, as we just read, do not understand spiritual things. Remember, the first 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. This is really important. We've been in this series called White Lies, dealing with the lies that are coming at us from every direction, always have, but man, are they coming hot and heavy these days. In these current times, we're getting these lies from all these directions, and they, and they just don't want to stop here as we get to the end of the age. My plan was to finish the section of this study on legalism. We were going to talk about sex and clothes, and it was going to be great. It was going to be fun. But God had other plans. Uh, after church on Sunday, one of our people um, came to me and asked whether we were ever going to look at providing a school to educate our children so they could leave the public schools. And we've thought about that as a possibility, as something we'd love to do in the future. Thought about that kind of for a while, but the urgency wasn't there until now. As I look at it, I, I just see that the public schools are full of these white lies we've been talking about, and much darker than white lies. Let me say a couple things before we dive in further, because I've got some things to say, but I want to be clear about a couple things. My children attended public school, Okay. Um, it was for part of their education, not the whole thing, but they did for a number of years. I have no judgment for anyone who has their kids in public school, okay? Uh, this is about awareness. I want to talk about scripture and, and, and some possibilities, okay? Uh, parents, you make the best decisions for your children, whether that's public school, private school, whatever it is, okay? That's, that's your God-given jurisdiction. I have nothing to say about it, just so you're clear. Um, please don't hear me saying anything different than that or trying to shame anybody for having their kids in public school. Okay. Um, also, we have a number of teachers who teach in public schools, and they love Jesus. Uh, I am not by any means suggesting that you should leave the public school system because of the problems of the public school system. All worldly enterprises have problems. If believers leave all of them, then who's going to witness for Jesus there? Okay. Um, if you're called to work in the public teachers, a public school as a teacher, an administrator, a staff member, or whatever, I support you. 100% as a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ, if you're working there, um, and as, as one of your pastors here, you're supported. Love you. If that's your calling, do it. Like I would say to anyone who's working out in the world, do it. Do it to, as to the Lord and be a light in the darkness, okay? Now, having said all that, I have very little positive to say about the current state of our public school system, okay? And I went to public school from kindergarten through 12th grade. The whole day, I did the whole thing, public school. My parents, they didn't care about me at all. Um, so, 
I'm just kidding. They cared about me. But th- look how messed up I am, though, seriously. <laughs> I remember learning things in school like reading and writing and, and math and science and social studies. Um, there were many white lies weaved in. It wasn't perfect by any stretch. Uh, there, there was some stuff. Uh, and I don't think very many of my teachers at any point were Christ followers, okay, of, uh, you know, in my schooling as I grew up. But a lot of what we got was the more basic, hey, here's how to read, here's how to write, uh, read Shakespeare, do this arithmetic. That's a fancy word for math. I found that out. Um, actually, I had to spell that in a spelling bee once. Anyway, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the best possible education. It was definitely more like schooling. It's really questionable how much education was involved. But I had the blessing of good parents who also gave me an education. They taught me the scriptures. They taught me how to think well. And that went a long way towards dealing with the difficulties in the public school that I, that I went to growing up. Nevertheless, the worldview that was dominant at the time that I was in the public school, even many years ago, was very broken. It was very broken, even when I went to school. And as most of you can see, that was a while ago. For most of our children now, it's completely broken. It's not just very broken. Our children are lied to about so many things every day. They're lied to about what it means to be a male or a female. They're lied to about what sexuality is and isn't. In fact, they're given all kinds of instructions on how to do that and what it should look like. And you should try this and everybody should keep their mind open to what that, you know, all that kind of stuff, okay? They're lied to about the origins of the world and the origins of life, what history is, what art and music are actually about, from the creator to those who create, what it means to be a citizen. They don't get that at all. The importance of the family, totally rejected. All of these things. And on and on and on and on. Our, our children are being indoctrinated in the spirit of the age instead of taught by those with the Holy Spirit. Our children are being lied to. And our parents, who have the jurisdiction over their children, are being completely undermined. It's unbiblical. It is the sole God-given jurisdiction of parents to determine the education of their children. This is your jurisdiction if you're a parent. God gave you these children. They do not belong to the state. Okay? This is important. You need to understand that because the state keeps trying to convince you that, yeah, they kind of do. They don't belong to the state. They are your children. You have jurisdiction over everything that has to do with them and responsibility for them. But you certainly have jurisdiction over their education. And we're instructed by the Lord to bring up our children to know him. Because if they don't know him, they're not going to get any of the particulars right. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Listen, the public schools are not teaching our children what the scriptures require. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the beginning of the law, and the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. They fear neither God nor man. They don't understand who they are or who your children are because they don't have the Holy Spirit. 
They're undermining this, what God has told us to teach our children. He said, you teach them this. All the time, teach them this. And for seven hours a day, five days a week, there's a group of people, not all of whom, by the way. There are some teachers who love Jesus. But the general push is to undermine the idea that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. That we should love our neighbor as ourself. They're, they're breaking our children. They would teach that there is no God. They would teach your children that they're nothing more than animals, a particular type of animal that happens to be a little smarter than maybe a dolphin. They teach your kids how to put on a condom, but not how to respect each person as made in the image of God. Our children are taught to feel guilty if they don't recycle their can of organic kombucha, but not to feel bad for advocating for the murder of babies in the womb. That's good. That's bad. It's broken. It's broken. And by the way, kombucha is nasty. <laughs> Can I get an amen on the kombucha thing? Okay, thank you. Listen, the world is demonic and broken. None of that has any effect on us, which is to say we are the people of God. We're his. We're protected. Our children are protected. But they are subjected to an awful lot of nonsense and lies. And it has been a failure of the church over the years to stand strong against the culture and be the salt and light that we have been called to be. And a lot of attempts to fit in and to find a compromise, we have let things drift. And once things start drifting, they don't tend to stop. And here we are. Not in a good place. We've been called to be salt and light. We've been called to preserve. The Holy Spirit is the restrainer of evil. And he's in us. You know, we, the Christ followers, we're the ones who valued education. Education for all, including marginalized groups. We were the ones who wanted both girls and boys to be educated. We're the ones who believed that each person should know how to read. You know why? So they could read the scriptures, so they could understand for themselves, and so that they would be equipped not to buy into lies. It was the church. It was believers. It's only because of who Jesus is and what he said that the idea that we should educate everyone would even come into existence. Before that, there were just people who weren't important and didn't need to know anything, and people who were important. It was Christ who said, you're all important. This whole system of public education is derived from ideas that are biblical, and it's become broken. The very institutions of learning that existed to defend people from lies are now the biggest liars of them all. You want to talk about a switch. You want to talk about the kind of thing Satan does. Harvard University, formerly Harvard College, and actually before that called New College, was the first university in this country. It was established in 1636. You remember, Dan. <laughs> I was saying he went to Harvard. That was nice. I... According to sattlercollege.org, the original motto of Harvard University was Veritas Christo et Ecclesia, which translated from Latin means truth for Christ and the church. 
That was their motto. This is, this is in their school's rules and precepts from 1646. You ready? Let every student be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of his life and his studies is to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life, John 17, 3. And therefore to lay Christ at the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning, and seeing the Lord only giveth wisdom, let everyone seriously set himself by prayer in secret to seek it of him. Sound like Harvard? Harvard said, Christ is the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. That only the Lord gives wisdom. That's where they started. You see what happens when things drift? Now you find darkness and lies, which trickle down. It's darkness and lies that trickle down. They make their way down to your local school, to your local high school, and then to your local junior high, and then to the elementary, and then to kindergartners, and then, they wanna, and then it's with preschoolers. And they want you to bring your preschooler into the library so they can have drag queen reading time. Because, because you've got to get their minds... What? Conformed. That's what they want. They want to conform us. The people who are teaching our children are attempting to break them. These are our Christian children, our little saints. And I mean that in the spiritual, theological sense. Not all your children are little saints, okay? <laughs> I get the reports from downstairs, okay? But they're being indoctrinated. The public schools aren't just teaching them how to read. They're teaching them what they ought to think. And they're telling them things to conform them to the world and the broken ways of the world. What does Romans 12, 1 and 2 say? It says this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does that happen? Because we have the mind of Christ. Because the Holy Spirit does that. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are to be transformed. We are to be transformed. And for a thousand plus hours a year, our kids are with people who want to conform them. Our children cannot learn to be good men or good women from those who do not have the Holy Spirit and do not know the things of the Spirit of God. I want you to understand this because there isn't a third way. They will not learn that from them. They cannot. Because as we read, the unspiritual man finds all these spiritual things to be foolishness and cannot know them. And without the spiritual things which are at the base, you cannot get, you cannot get to the details you can't understand how you should live, what you should think, how you should believe, how to think. In Honduras, by the way, they let us in the schools. No problem. We can go, and we do. Almost every year we go to the schools, several of them. We'll go to a public school, we'll go to a private school. They just let us in. They let us teach the Bible, they let us preach the gospel, and we do. And we show these children who are often suffering the love of Christ. We should be doing the same for our children, Right? But the love of Jesus Christ and even the name of Jesus Christ has been banned from the very institutions that were begun because of those who followed him. We started it 
and we got kicked out. That's what happened. Yeah, we like the idea of education for all, but get this Jesus stuff out of here. Not understanding that without this Jesus stuff, you can't understand anything that they're teaching. I'm not a fear monger, by the way. If anyone who knows me knows this. I'm slow to come to alarm about anything. People are like, did you see the little? And I'm like, yeah, it's probably fine. It's probably fine. I'm alarmed. I also don't like to outline a problem like this without a biblical solution, so here we go. We teach our children. We take seriously their education and all of the things that they need to know, working to understand all things that we can understand through the mind of Christ, okay? There are many ways this can be done. Let me give you a few of them, okay? You can keep your child in public school and make sure you spend a lot of time finding out exactly what lies have been told and correcting those lies. Then you bring them to Acts Kids or Youth Group and our gatherings on Sundays and talk about the things of the Lord at home and in the car and as you go in and come out and before bed and night and in the morning and do all of that. You can do that. It's a hard road. But you can do it if that's what you're called to do. Again, the education of your children is your jurisdiction. I'm not here to tell you which one of these to do. But these are biblical solutions to the problem. That's one. Two, you can homeschool your children. You can take on their, your, their education yourself. If God's called you to that and qualified you for that, then do that. And then bring them to ask kids or to youth group and to our gatherings on Sundays and talk about the things of the Lord at home and in the car and when you get up and when you go to bed and when you come in and when you go out all the time. Also hard. All of these are hard. It should be hard. We care about our children, right? Number three, put your children in a private school that values the scriptures and teaches all things with the mind of Christ. And then bring them to Acts Kids or youth group and our gatherings on Sundays and while you can talk about the Lord while you go out and come in in your car and as you go to bed and all the rest of that, okay? Oh, that stuff's going to happen no matter what you do because that's the scripture's clear about that. Now let's talk about a possible development here among our body of Acts Church. We are looking into beginning the school here, starting as early as this fall. Um, yeah. If we're able to do this, if the Lord wills it, we're in a very early stage right now. This would be a school that is part of the ministry of this church body overseen by the elders of this church body. That's what it would be. Okay? It'd be a K-12 through school dedicated to working with parents to develop the intellectual, spiritual education of our children. This would not be free. Oh. <laughs> we don't want to do anything involving this local body of Christ followers that is not excellent. It has to be excellent. Therefore, there would be significant costs to make it happen. We would have licensed teachers working alongside uh, the teacher's aides and volunteers and parents um, to teach all the regular school subjects to our children with the idea of the mind of Christ plus teaching scripture and teaching worldview and preparing your kid to be dynamite if they end up going to college or they end up having somebody uh, question their faith, they're going to be ready to go. We're going to make a little soul. We're going to make little weapons. They're going to come out ready to go, okay? Um, that's, that's the goal. Because they love Jesus so much, because, we, they've, because they've taught, been taught the things from people who understand the spiritual and not just the carnal and natural. We're praying and thinking about what it would look like to serve our body and the larger community here of Christ followers in the area. 
Uh, we would be seeking funding from multiple sources. There's a lot of stuff that has to go on there, but there would be tuition on a sliding scale. Um, we wouldn't want people to not be able to do this, um, so there'd be a sliding scale. But a good, good education costs money to provide. Good anything costs money to provide, right? Uh, we would work with, with all the people that we could to help them afford the cost, focusing first on the families that are part of X Church, okay? Because we think there, there might be some interest from people even outside X Church in a school like this. Um, but we're going to focus first and give primary um, to getting our, our children at this church, uh, in, you know, if that's what they want to do, okay? Um, can you guys start passing those things out while I'm talking? Thanks. Uh, I want you to pray and I want you to think about this for your children or your grandchildren, but I also want you to do something else. They're passing these things out, and I'm going to ask you to fill it out. This is just a survey, okay? Um, one of the things that we need to know, the elders of Acts Church need to know, if we're going to do this and go ask you know, people to be donating large amounts of money, uh, you know, out in the community and so on. I think there's enough people in the community right now who agree about what's going on that would be willing to help out with this venture. Um, but there's a lot of things and a lot of work to do. And so we need to assess your interest. So there's five questions on that page. And I want you to answer them all if you can. And put you, at the top, there's a place to put your name so I know who you are because I'm going to grade this later. I just want to see how good the schools are. No. Are you interested? I do want you to put your name on it, though. Are you interested in an Acts Church education for your children or grandchildren is the first question. Two, do you feel called to volunteer or help in some way? Three, do you feel called to give financial to this ministry, whether or not you have children that would be in it? Four, do you feel called to pray for this ministry and the children, teachers, administrators, volunteers, and staff that would be called to this ministry? Five, would you tell other Christ followers you know about this ministry? Answer all those questions if you don't mind. Listen, Jesus is alive. Okay? And he's working in his church. And if he wasn't, we wouldn't even think about something like this because this, if we end up doing it, depending on what you guys say right now, because you're the church, we need to know if, if God is also moving in you because this would be a huge project. This would require a massive step of faith on the part of our church to serve what I believe is an absolutely biblical idea that we as Christ followers ought to be the ones raising our children and educating them. It's gonna be difficult. I really am asking you to pray. I think Satan will come against this one pretty hard and he won't be the only one. We don't have to fear the lies of the world and we don't have to feed them to our children. We can build our children up to be good young men and young women who are able to face the world and its lies with the light and the truth of Jesus Christ. And we want to help you with that. Whether this thing happens or not, assuming that God makes this happen, awesome. What a glorious thing. If he doesn't, we still want to find ways and, and you know, as, as much as we can to help your children to become strong. I had a lot of good training when I was young, but nothing like what I think we could give children now. We're equipped. You have no idea how many teachers we have in this church, by the way. A lot. I've had to ask myself why that is. You know? And I realized probably because I'm boring. You know, teachers are kind of boring. No, I'm just kidding. The Lord works in his church, and he builds it up to do the things that he's called us to do. I love you all. Let's pray. Father, I just pray. I just pray for our children here in Honduras, around the world. Lord, there is so 
much nonsense and so many lies, Lord. And the father of lies, Satan, wants to destroy. And if he can get them young, he'll do it. If he can twist them and pervert their minds, he'll do it. God, free us from that. Let your Holy Spirit show us the things that are spiritually discerned that we might know the truth. That we might see everything through your eyes, through the mind of Christ, that we might know you. That includes the way we look at one another with love. Teach us to love one another. Teach us what's important. God, you're so good. Thank you for this body. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.